Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. Our guest today is Corey Friedman, who is one of the co-hosts of the Cubs-related podcast, which you should be listening to because it's a good podcast. He's also my uh, colleague at Cubs Insider. And uh, we recorded this after the game on Tuesday night that the Cubs lost in 13 innings. And it was really kind of a venting session. We just talked about all of, like the frustrating players on the bottom of the roster that if the Cubs really want to be good, they're going to have to get rid of. And interestingly, you know, Wednesday morning after we talked about this, Addison Russell was sent to AAA, which we're going to talk about it more in the podcast. But, you know, it's just lack of focus on the game and just general, you know, just not being locked in on top of all those off-the-field issues and stuff. It just, it made sense to get rid of him. But, um... He was sent to AAA right after this, and as we thought, Wilson Contreras did come up to play on Wednesday. Anyway, we just it's a lot of talk about how the Cubs can do to get better, and uh, you can follow Corey on uh, Twitter at, at CFCubsRelated, and here is my interview with Corey. Welcome back to Holy Cow Cubs Podcast. Pleasure to be here, Sean, as always. So, we, re- we decided to record this podcast after the second game of the Cubs Giants series, you know, West Coast game, but it wouldn't go that long. And of course, we had a 13 inning game, and even more fun, the Cubs lost a walk off home run by Pablo Sandoval. And I guess I'll just, you know, the road woes for this team just continue. So I'll ask you, Corey, what is up with this team on the road? I wish I knew, man. I think that we we the issues at this point are pretty clear, right? The, the bottom portion of this roster, both in the bullpen and on the bench, are just so significantly underperforming relative to the top of the roster that it's just bringing them down. And and it's obviously not the case every single night. Like some nights, those guys are going to come through and, and maybe get a big hit that the top guys don't. But when you look at the overall performances from some of these guys, it's pretty clear where the issue is. As for why in particular it comes through on the road, I honestly, I don't know, man. They, they had a good homestand. They, they look good, I think, from an overall sense, save a couple games, a couple you know bad plays here and there. And we know that this group is strong enough i think mentally and and skill wise to not just fall apart on the road i don't i don't think that that's something that exists with this group so i i wish i had an answer for it but it it you know this this series with san francisco is another one where as soon as they get on the road it just seems that every all the good that they just did at home is immediately washed away so you know at this point it really does i mean you know you hear the expression beating a dead horse here and this horse has been dead for about two months, and we are still just mercilessly beating it. But, I mean, Daniel Descalzo, Albert Almora, they should not be on a playoff contending team. I mean, come on. Right. And 
tonight as as we record this after Tuesday's game, Almora now joining Daniel Descalso as a, a sub-replacement level player. Uh, I'm looking at fan graphs. I don't know what they are if you're looking at baseball prospectus, but in F4, they're both negative replacement level players. And I think that at some point you have to look around and say this team doesn't have a 15 game lead in this division. The Cardinals, again, as we record this, are a half game back. The Brewers are right there too, even though they're also not playing well. And I know you want to get these guys going. I, I know that you know Almora's young. You have Descalso for another year, and and sometimes it's hard to cut bait on guys or or make these decisions, but if you're waiting around for them to be valuable or or anything like that down the stretch run you're you're possibly risking that that's even something you're a part of by continuing to let this happen I, i just can't fathom that we're in a place where the chicago cubs have multiple sub replacement level players on their roster sean and one of them hit fifth for them tonight like what what are we doing here yeah hit fifth and then was pinch hit for by a Daniel Descalzo, who's <laughs> right. like below a pitcher, and that—I mean—that tells you all you need, you need to know about Elmore, and it was probably the right move. Yeah, and it worked out. I mean, Descalzo did get a walk, which is something that Almora doesn't really do. So in that instance, it it did work. But yeah, it's a, it's a wild thing to be watching the Chicago Cubs pinch hitting one sub-replacement level player for another one. And and we're doing this in the fifth spot. And, I, and, you know, like Wilson's out. He should be back on Wednesday. And obviously, that's a huge lift. He's been a top hitter in the league, certainly at the catcher position all season. So, you know, and, and like the Ben Zobris thing is obviously not something that this front office could have predicted, and I think you do have to give them a little leeway there. That's obviously a blow you can't really be prepared for, but... I, we we got to see some urgency here, Sean. Like the the time has come. This division is too close. You lose tomorrow, and the Cardinals pick up a win. You're not even in first place anymore. So I think the time for urgency is now. And the bar is so low with with some of these guys that how could anybody be doing any worse, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, you've got no. I'm not going to say Ian Happ is like the second coming because he w- he was terrible at the end of last year. He hit under 200 the last two months of the year, but he's hitting 314 the last month in AAA. Now, has he had a good overall year? Uh, not really, but you know what? Can he really be worse than Elmore and, and Descalzo? Really? Uh, it would be difficult. And, and again, like he's someone who I think kind of in – they're very different players, obviously. But like when they called up Robel Garcia, the idea was maybe he'll hit some bombs, he'll slug a little bit, and he's going to strike out a lot. He, he had – he kind of came out of nowhere on the scene in the minors this year after being in – you know playing for Team Italy for several years. And that's exactly what he's done. But that's what you're not getting out of some of these other guys. And – you know, you look at Russell, who still is about the same hitter he always was at the plate, making mental mistakes all over the place. Apparently, in his five years here, was too busy to learn the signs appropriately. Which, uh, you know, don't even get me started on that whole line of discussion because that's crazy, man. But Bodie, a sub six hundred OPS over his last like seventy five plus 
at bats. Almora has been over the last calendar year, I believe the third worst hitter in baseball with at least 400 plate appearances. And Descalso, who just has not been any good at all since he tweaked his ankle, I think it was, or his foot, something something like that. And, and, you know, again, has just been really awful. So I think when you look at Hap, like, yeah, he hasn't had a great season in the minors, but over the last month or so, like you said, he's been hot. He's hitting home runs. He's taking walks. His strikeout rate is looking under control lately. All those numbers are, are trending in the right direction. And I think you you got to give this a shot, especially before the trade deadline. At least see if, if you can get something a little better. But I, I think when you lay out the lineup, if you put somebody at leadoff, Hayward, Bryant, whoever you want to do, right? And throw Hap in there, put Garcia at second base, Hap in center. I, like from a visual standpoint, I look at that lineup and I feel more confident in it than what we've seen from this team. And and again, I think you have to try it. You can't just wait around forever for some of these guys to kick it into gear. You, you, you got to show that sense of urgency at some point. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, you had a number five hitter today that's flirting with 600 OPS. You, you just can't do that. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm going to save the Russell thing because I have to talk about it because I can't believe it. But I will say one more thing about um, David Bodie. You know, I had very high hopes for him. I know you and uh, Brendan did on your podcast too, but the high fastballs I wrote about this for Cubs Insider are just eating him alive. I thought maybe he fixed that. You know, he talked about adjusting his swing in spring training, but my God, he's just getting killed by high fastballs now. Yeah, and it just is something, you're right, eating him alive is really the best way to describe it. It's it's such a big hole that really every time he's up there, you, you just know where the pitcher's going to go. He seems to know it, we know it, and it, it works every time. And again, you just have guys with such brutal numbers right now, and you just got multiple guys that over long stretches here, like you said, are pushing 600 or below OPSs for really long stretches of time. And I, again, I get it. Like you've got Bodie on a, on a long, cheap contract. Albert Almora is 25, I believe. Like, and these aren't guys that have several years of regular playing time, like someone like Addison Russell. I think those guys are like in different categories because these guys haven't always gotten regular playing time. So I understand the idea that you believe in them. You, you believe in certain things that they've done throughout their career and you want that to develop, but you have to reconcile that with where you are in the 2019 season and and how it relates to the competitiveness because and and I've said this before on on my podcast and others like if any team in this division were playing particularly well the the Cubs would be several games behind them and and I think you would have I mean hopefully seen more urgency even sooner so they're they're fortunate to even be in the situation that they're in that they're still in first place despite their road record and despite the struggles of some of these guys because the division just has not had anybody really get on that kind of run so uh, again I, I I get that you don't want to always give up on guys and and you want to give them a chance to get going but at some point you kind of pass that threshold of okay well are we more concerned about getting Albert Almora going specifically against lefties let's say or winning the division and I think at some point like the whole point here is to win the division and get into the playoffs not 
be super concerned about these individual players. You, you got to kind of pick a lane at some point. Yeah, you, you've got to do something. But all right, because you brought it up already now, this Russell thing. Right. I mean, no, there was a, a that game against the Pirates in Pittsburgh where the infield was back and he threw home. And there was some talk, you know, after the game where he said, you know, it, was, it wasn't clear. Did he miss a sign? What's going on? But then this uh, interview he does on Monday where he just volunteers to Jesse Rogers, just brings it up. Oh, yeah, I don't know the signs very well. Like, I mean, he's been with the Cubs for five years. This is not like if Martin Maldonado didn't know the signs like this week, you'd go, well, that makes sense. The Cubs right. just traded for him. But this is a guy who's been with the team for five years. And then today Madden talks, like, goes on the radio and says, oh, well, we've been discussing with this with him for a long time. And it's one of those things is like he doesn't know the signs after this long. You've talked to him about learning the signs. I mean, what is up with this? You have got me, man. There, there's a lot that that's pretty confusing about this team, and the Russell one has, I, I think, perplexed a lot of us really since the beginning. I, I think there's obviously a lot of us that, when the domestic violence allegations and investigation and suspension happened, were more than prepared to just say farewell to him and and not have him be a part of this team. But that wasn't the decision that the Cubs front office made. But when you're looking at things from a baseball perspective now since that that decision off the field is over with from the Cubs perspective you're you're very perplexed at what's going on here and I think you you kind of again like what Theo says in a press conference isn't gospel it doesn't make it it doesn't make it the the absolute mantra of the team or anything but they preached urgency they preached production over talent they preached accountability for everybody in the organization because the 2018 season didn't end in a manner that they were happy happy with and and that is the expectation of this team which we were all well aware of and so for Russell to look you know basically the same as ever on offense a below league average hitter nothing special and kind of lost at times still throwing his bat all over the place and these gaffes man like I again I, I brought up that Almora and Bodie have not been getting regular playing time because I think it is a good comparison to Russell like Russell debuted in this league in 2015 that's several seasons ago throughout that entire time he has been essentially an everyday player right like obviously there's some stretches where he's had some injuries he was obviously suspended for domestic violence so there's been periods where he's been out but he's been a regular player on this team since 2015 he came up with starlin castro as the shortstop so he played second base for this team before so for him like you mentioned that pirates game to after that game say it was a learning experience for him as he's getting more comfortable with second base you've played second base before man and you're a middle infielder you should know that when your manager has a meeting on the mound and puts everybody back you're not supposed to go home with that throw you should know that and these base running gaffes you should know that and i think that it's very telling that joe madden was so direct about that i can think of almost no instances off the top of my head where Joe is so deliberate in saying this guy 
is in the wrong in this situation. He needs to be better than this, and I'm not going to deflect the blame from him. Like, Joe's a yeah, player's yeah. manager. Normally, he would. And so, like, this was pretty direct. Like, no, guys, like, I'm not going to defend him. He needs to be better than this. And you're looking around, right, and, and asking, what exactly does he have to do to, like, be held accountable for for anything here. He's not performing in really any sense of of what he's being asked to do on the baseball field. And yeah, when we're having dis- yeah. and we're having ask. discussions yeah. about guys who are missing signs and 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 saying that they need to be better about like paying attention to the signs this is his fifth year paying attention like can we bother you to like right like put forth the effort well that's the question i was asking yeah it's like now at this point because i don't think i i don't know like do the cubs i don't know if they change their signs every year or not but at this point you're wondering how can you not pick up this like signs are pretty simple to pick up especially you know infield defense and stuff so then you start to wonder like what is the is he like purposely missing the signs or is he like he's never going to learn them is he like incapable of learning signs i mean i don't get like how could you not get them down after five years it's just amazing to me when i just wonder like again this seems like the type of thing where it's uh have your head in the game type situation where again like you said i don't know if they change the signs i don't know if it's something where he's remembering the same thing all this time or they're changing them all the time but like we we have pitchers who go up there in certain plate appearances and pick up a sign whether to bunt whether to do this like you mentioned someone like martin maldonado comes over he's on a new team he's got to pick up these signs he's got to learn to work with these pitchers like everybody has responsibilities where they need to have their head in the game they need to have their head on a swivel right like whatever coaching cliche you want to use and you're just looking around going like addison can we bother you to pay attention here like and you know he made the offhand comment that part of this is because he's not playing as much as as he wants to which again like that's just sort of a like don't get me started on that thing like you're not playing because you don't deserve to be playing dude like so but but you're also not going to get more playing time by making mistakes like this that that's not really the way that this works so it's it's all to say i i I don't really know what's going on there but it's it's obviously very frustrating like this team has had some sloppiness and obviously especially on the road are not playing the way that we expect them to and that's the type of stuff that you can control you can control whether you have your head in the game you can have your you control over whether you're paying attention to the signs and what your responsibility is in a given situation on the bases on defense at the plate you can control all that and there some of these guys just aren't doing that and russell certainly leading the charge with that and you you know it's it's like particularly weird and bad when when jesse rogers tweeted out that addison had offered up that information that he missed a sign because when joe was talking about the base running stuff nobody said that we didn't know that that was the case we just thought it was a mistake right just a, a brain fart whatever yeah they just he got cut off the base yeah yeah and and so you you know it's it's particularly perplexing like the way that jesse phrase that tweet was something along the lines of so we were talking to addison and well he voluntarily told us that there was actually more mistakes made on saturday than than we initially knew like so when you when you're catching the beat writers off guard at the fact that like you're offering up this information and and you're volunteering that you made a deeper mistake than we even knew 
I, I think it just like everybody's looking around going, guys, what are we doing here? Like, why are we putting up with stuff like this? I, 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 it's just such a strange hill to die on. But here we are, man. You know, as well as these two, like they gave him another chance. Like, it's one of those things where it's like they could have released him. They could have gotten rid of him. And they're like, you know what? We're going to give you another chance. You know, Theo made the famous that we believe in second chance. You know, we want to be part of the solution. So, you know, they did that. And then he's returning the favor by not focusing enough to even learn the signs. I mean, at what point did the Cubs go, you know what? We gave you a chance. And it's like, sorry, you, you've not, you haven't, you know, seized this chance. You know, it's time to move on. When does that happen? Hopefully soon, man. I, I I really have to hope that Theo's cooking some stuff up with this trade deadline looming because, again, I, I think that to look at this roster and, and think that they are neck and neck with a team like the Dodgers or the Yankees is not right. Clearly, they are not playing at that same level. But you have someone in Chris Bryant who's putting up the best offensive season of his career. Javi Baez in the middle of another really good season. We, we already mentioned Wilson Contreras having one of the best offensive seasons of any catcher in baseball and Jason Hayward an offensive resurgence here for the Cubs you you have the guys playing at that top level to get the job done I think if you're able to get into the playoffs the focus right now has to be winning the division and I, I think they're obviously capable of it but you have to show some urgency with this roster you cannot just keep throwing some of these guys out there and expecting a different result it's just been going on for too long and i'm hopeful that that theo is going to cook some stuff up i think that someone like russell again the these types of mistakes really shouldn't be tolerated the the, the stuff that you can control poor performance sometimes you can work around but gaffes and blunders and and stuff like that you, you really can't have that be acceptable but players like almora though he's hitting it obviously an unacceptable level Elmora, Russell, guys like that, you you can have those guys on the bench for sure. Like you can have guys that play once a week and come in as a defensive replacement and you, you know they're not going to hit or they're not going to do one particular thing on the field. But right now you've got at least four of them on, on the bench for this Cubs team. David Bodie has been bad for over a month or so here, certainly the last like 30 plus games. Addison Russell has not been good for pretty much the entire time that he's come up save for like a week stretch where I think he was hitting a couple home runs and and flashing a little bit at the plate. Albert Almora has been bad for basically a calendar year now. Yeah, well and, that's what you're saying too is like, you know, if they they do one thing right, but like Descalzo doesn't do anything. Right. And so he's the four. It's like not even having a guy on the team. Right. So yeah. he's he's the four. So you got four guys on in this position group where you're looking around going like how many of these guys can you afford to be starting on a daily basis again i think like having one of them maybe even two on a given day at the bottom of your order because you want uh the you know you want maldonado behind the plate and you want almora or someone in center to play good defense because the the wind is blowing around or you're playing in a big stadium like san francisco and you want a little bit of extra defense out there but on any given night you, you know the cubs are starting two or three of these guys with wilson out you have victor caratini playing more than i think you'd like him to be even though he's done a very admirable job as the backup this year so it, it, it's all to say kind of bringing it back around to where we started that 
I, I think that the position player group is the issue with this team, and it, it doesn't seem like there's. It, it, you'd like them to make changes that, that really bolster this group, right? There's players out there that would really give this group a, a big boost and kind of change the perception, I think, of a lot of things. But even just calling Ian Happ up, calling up some of these other guys that are performing in the minors, just trying something a little different could really just clean this up a little bit. I, 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 the bar, like, like we both said, the bar has been set pretty low right now, that even just trying a little bit of a shakeup, maybe that gives you just a little bit better production and that takes some of the pressure off of these top guys but it was just so frustrating like tonight KB I think was three for five or three for six Javi had a couple hits and you're just like they're not gonna get help from anywhere else Hayward comes up with a big clutch hit and then nothing and it's just basically like okay we're gonna play the waiting game until the Giants can push another run across and it's frustrating man I I think we just need to see some urgency with this group sooner rather than later because you've just allowed this division to be awfully close and now as you you know you only have a couple months left here you're leaving things in in the hands of margin of error right even if the Cubs play really well now you you get the Cardinals hot or the Brewers hot we saw this last year the Cubs had a yeah, fine they, end they, to the season, and yeah, the Brewers were, went like, nuts. Um, what were they like? They were like 10, I don't want to say 10, but they were over 500, 500 in September. Yeah. And the Brewers just blew by them. Right. And so that's the problem. You you leave it up to, it, you're, you're kind of just, it's a it's a dice roll from here on out. It's, and, and obviously you're going to play these teams a lot. You've got both of those teams coming up the rest of this road trip. So these are important games, and I, I think that certainly by the time you get to that Brewer series, even though it's only a couple days away now, you really like to see some changes with this roster, even if they're not big ones, but just for the sake of saying, like, we, we have to try and get better production. We just don't have a choice than to at least try. Well, I think we are going to see something. If for no other reason than Wilson Contreras should be back. So that will necess- necessitate something. Does it mean, you know... Sending Caratini to the minors, some kind of trade. I mean, they have to do something when Contreras comes up. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Yeah, again, like I think it's it's interesting to see what they're going to continue to do with a guy like Descalso, a guy like Chatwood. You just have a couple guys on this roster who you're you're kind of looking around for when they're going to get the opportunity. Descalso gets in there tonight, works a walk. He actually hit a line drive that the fielder was just in position for, but it wasn't the it was a, you know, decently struck ball. And but we just haven't seen him a lot. And you've got a, what did this one go tonight? 13 innings. And we don't see Tyler Chatwood at all. And so uh, you, you just have a couple guys on this roster. A, we've already talked about the guys not necessarily performing, but you've also got some guys that really are not getting in there. You're just not using. And you, you kind of have to be like, if, if you're afraid to use them in some of these spots, why are they on the roster? I, I, I don't think it's advisable to play with a 20 24 man 23 man whatever number you want to go to I, I don't think that that's a very good strategy to b- 
be playing several men down on on a given basis. But you're right. Wilson getting back is huge. It, it obviously lengthens that lineup. I, I don't think we have to worry about Almora hitting fifth once Contreras is back there in the lineup, but you certainly never know. So I, I think that's a big boost, and you just have to find a way to rack up some wins here. But I, I think it's it's pretty clear. If, if the group doesn't change, if this position group doesn't change, you're kind of getting to a point where I'm not really sure what you can reliably expect them to do. You're really going to have to have KB, Javi, Rizzo, Wilson, Hayward carry the load. And if they don't, I'm not really sure what we can expect out of this lineup on any given night. Yeah, and we've got, well, we've got, what, seven days for the trade deadline. So, I mean, I just cannot believe that there aren't going to be major changes in the next week. I mean, maybe not major, major, but the bottom of this lineup has got to get churned. I mean, you just, they cannot, can these guys, like Theo Epstein, Theo, I know you're listening, no, he's not. But, I mean, they cannot watch this every day and not see, it's so obvious to all of us. There is no way Theo Epstein cannot be watching this and thinking, I've got to do something with the bottom of this roster. Yeah, because again, I, I I think that it would be one thing if, and I think they're a good comparison because they're playing each other right now. Like I think the Giants are a team who have worked themselves back into wild card contention. But I think when you look at that roster, you look at the the situation that the franchise is in. You don't really look at them and say, yeah, they should be buying, they should be selling assets, uh, you know, minor league talent and prospects to make this 2019 team better. I, I think you're looking at them going, look, if they can get hot and sneak in there, fine, but. Maybe you should still be selling off some of those assets building toward the future. But you look at the Cubs, and I I really genuinely believe that this team has the pieces and that top-tier talent and the talent in their rotation in particular to win this division and play ball in the playoffs. We've seen close competitive series between teams that don't necessarily look like that should be the case in the playoffs before. You get guys like KB, Javi, Rizzo, get John Lester in playoff mode, get Cole Hamels back. Like This team can definitely compete in the playoffs, but they, they cannot continue to be dragged down by the bottom of this roster and whether you are looking at guys like Nick Castellanos, David Peralta, who I think are kind of, you know, on the edges type fixes trades they're not going to be guys who are going to come in here and play every single day and just totally transform this team to a different stratosphere right like it's not like when you get you know before the nationals were a little more competitive and sneaking towards that wild card anthony rendon's name was out there like he's a guy who totally changes a lineup right with merrifield might be a guy who can do that especially his profile if you put him in the cubs lineup but even if you're just targeting some of those platoon guys that can give you consistent production that's just a bit above average on a, on a daily basis against whichever handed pitcher you're using them against, I really think that that makes the difference for this team. I think that's all that this team needs. If they want to go further than that, fine. But I, I really just think this team needs some cleaning up around the edges and to find consistent, decent, at least, right, production in some of these spots. And I, I really think that the top talent of this group can carry them the rest of the way but I also think that it's an interesting time and Theo alluded to this in one of his interviews a few weeks ago on 670 the score where he just brought up that 
we might see some serious changes with this group. And I'm not really sure what that would mean, but I do think that the way that some of these guys have performed and where you kind of find yourself in this season and, and in this window where, you know, we're kind of looking at that 2021 area where a lot of these contracts come up and you kind of have to enter phase two or three, whatever phase it would be in, in this era of Cubs baseball, you got to make some decisions on some of these things. And I, and I think that just in particular, like Almora might be one of those guys, Hap might be one of those guys where you have to ask yourself, what, what are our long-term feelings on these guys? Do we believe that these guys are the center fielders of the future? Do you believe that Kyle Schwarber is the left fielder you want him to be? Do you think he's going to reach that level as a hitter that we've kind of always dreamed at? And I think maybe now is the time that Theo has to start asking some of those questions. Whether they do or not, I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised to see some familiar faces not be with this team in a few weeks. I think that, like you said, there's just no way that Theo's watching these games and thinking super differently than what we are why it's it's taking this long to make some changes i i wish i knew the answer to that but it's it's going to be an interesting several days here because i i really think that we could go of a bunch of different directions with with what theo and company decide to do with this roster ranging from like i said small kind of on the edges moves to some super serious type things where we're saying farewell to guys that have been with this group for a while now yeah and it's one of those things too it just at this point you kind of the time for you know sparing people's feelings like at the scalzo or russell or anyone like you know, the scouts are the veteran, you know, but, you know, this is a professional baseball team. It's not like, you know, a club team or something. Right. You might have to tell people, like, the scouts oh, sorry, buddy, but you're gone. Or Russell, you know, you're gone. You're like, you know, Almora, I'm sorry, buddy, you're going to AAA for a while. You know, the time for that might be coming. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, again, I, I think that we are at that point where you have to make the decision of which which direction you're going. Are you prioritizing some of these guys' development? Are you prioritizing the 2019 season and their ability to try and win this division? And I think that over the last couple of years, and especially this offseason, and maybe it wasn't their intention, maybe they thought they would have more money, I don't know. But when when the front office is is hoping for internal improvements from some of these guys, you don't go out and get Manny Machado. You don't go out and get Bryce Harper or guys like that. I think that in a lot of cases, it, it wasn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. I think, and, and going into 2018 too, where you're saying like, look, they want to give guys like Hap and Almora a, a shot to develop into those players and, and take hold of those roles and, and join that core of guys like Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, who are just everyday players and they've come from the system and this is great. These are just the, the guys that are part of this core now. But at, at some point, you have to admit whether that's going to happen or not. And, and at some point, I think that, and this is what always kind of confuses me about the Almora fan club, where I, I think like one of their number one talking points is that he needs to play every day. And there's so many times throughout his career that Joe doesn't play him every day and with regularity. There's certain numbers that don't really back that up, because I think he's very close to like Wilson Contreras' playing time this year. So Yeah, I mean, like this year... There's, he's, this has got to be the most he's ever played. 
Right. Uh, and more, I, coming I out of so. the break here, he's played every day, all but one day. He's let off for several of those days. So I, I'm not really sure what more of a shot you'd like him to be getting. But again, like I think there's time for that. And there's time to say, like, yes, I, I don't want to go out and make an external move. Let's see what we have in here. But I think you just get past that point and you have to kind of step on the gas pedal and say, look, like we don't have time to wonder if this is going to happen or hope that this is going to happen because it might cost us this particular season. So I'm, I'm not predicting anything. I, I am ready to just sort of absorb whatever they're going to do. And I, I think you know me, Sean, as long as they don't trade John Lester, I'm probably going to be okay with, with anything they do, uh, save some crazy stuff, but that, you know, they're not going to do any of that, but is it where, what do you think they're, they're, they're going to do? I really don't have a read on whether they're going to be crazily aggressive or just kind of improving on the margins and, where where are you at like what do you what do you think they're gonna do well you know i'm not sure but my i'm thinking well obviously i think something has to happen with like discalzo and you know russell you know the way that joe madden was trashing russell i don't know if they're willing but like that is some red flag and he hasn't played right by the way he hasn't started since that saturday game he's been in a couple pinch hit spots and stuff but he has not played since that game so, the, you know, I wonder, is it with Madden track, is he going to be gone? I mean, Descalzo has to go. I'm sorry. They, if they want to really, like, I mean, if they keep the roster as it is now, I just, they're just basically telling the team, like, you're on your own. We don't think you're going to do anything this year. Right. Because, I mean, but there's got to be something. Now, I don't know a major move. I don't know about that. I think they will trade for a hitter. I think they probably will trade for a reliever. I don't know if it'll be that impressive either. It might be more of a middle of the, you know, like even like a Gerard Dyson or someone like that. I don't know, but they've got to do something. Make, I mean, Hap, if they don't use Hap in a trade, he's got to be up there by the end of the month. I mean, I just don't see why, you know, you got to take a shot on him. But, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know what they're going to do because they've been so tight-lipped about everything. I don't know what their end game is going to be. Yeah, and I think you can maybe hope, because as we're all kind of perplexed at, at what they're doing with the roster in some regards, I think that perhaps you can be hoping that they just have a lot of irons in those trade fires. Theo and company are making a lot of calls, and they're not moving some of these guys because they may be a part of trades, and you don't want to send someone like Russell down while he's in the middle of a trade discussion, or things like that and and you're just kind of holding you're kind of uh circling the the tarmac or whatever the the phrase with planes is i can't think of it right now but you're just kind of in a, in a waiting period because you're, you've got all these irons in the fire you have a lot of these teams nearing the trade deadline that i think are and the giants are one of them deciding like are we buying are we selling are we not doing anything and just kind of seeing how it goes and so so maybe that's why it's it's taking so long to see action on on this roster but well yeah and i gotta add too though an important thing that everyone should remember i i think we've in our articles on cubs insider made a pretty good job of getting this out there but there is no second trade deadline. right the waiver trade line deadline is over 
No more waivers. So this is it. July 31st, do or die. You ain't making any trades after July 31st. So that's gonna, it's going to be an interesting trade deadline this year. Right. I, that's a hugely important detail, and I think that may have informed a lot of the Martin Maldonado deal. You, you do have to look at certain things and say, we don't have a chance to see if this works out. And, and I think like they were already talking to the Royals and then Wilson deals with the foot injury and you immediately are kind of like look if this lingers or pops back up or anything like that we don't have the ability to change that if we wait past the trade deadline so let's execute this now and we can deal with the roster shuffling or carrying three catchers whatever you want to do and you can deal with that so i think that that does inform this trade deadline you got to be pretty set in what you're going to do here and so yeah i think that when you have a lot of teams who are still deciding are we going to be competitive are we going to be aggressive buyers aggressive sellers it it does get a little confusing so i I guess i'm hoping that that's why we're not seeing some action here i I, I'm, i'm just hoping that maybe you've got some of these guys involved in a lot of conversations and you want to just keep giving them a chance to play and showcase them if you will though that sort of doesn't work in in some respects i'm not really sure how almora hitting like this on a regular basis is good for his trade value but sending him down certainly would not be the right message to send if you were hoping to get him out so it's it it's going to be interesting man but uh, again i i really am a firm believer I, i think that when we talk about stuff that concerns us and and we kind of like dude i i mean we have talked i i on our podcast and i know you've done it here too like we talked about a lot of these same issues for what seems like a really long time and and certainly it feels like okay again like i'm bringing this up every single episode like this guy isn't playing well yada yada and so like i I think that sometimes it it comes across as super negative or or not like believing in in the group but i i really think it's the opposite i i think that we we harp on this stuff because it's so clear to us that this is what's holding the team back and it's it's not necessarily one individual player and it's not just the position group the bullpen has obviously tossed away plenty of games you've got a rotating shuttle of guys trying to fill those bottom roles you've got strope who struggled mightily lately is velos off so you know what's going on there but i think that we harp on this stuff and and we're so harsh on this because it it just seems so egregious and it it really seems to be clearly holding this team back i i am a a firm believer that the performance you're getting out of some of these guys on offense and the performance that you're getting from these pitchers who have had their their blow-ups each individually but you're getting good performances from these guys on the whole and i think the team should be in a better position if you were able to clean up some of this other stuff and like you said this is a hard deadline so now's the time to do it it's it's put up or shut up time because I, I think that it's pretty clear you, you can't just run with this group anymore even if you wanted to give it every last breath to see if some of these guys could just make this happen i i think you have to start being honest with yourselves and and saying i, I just don't think this is going to happen right now and we have to find a way to be better yeah, I mean, it, it gets to the point where you're almost on, you know, a general manager, gen, where the general manager is being, like, incompetent, like, gross incompetence to let this keep going. To keep going, like, month after month with these, you mean, I mean, after May, Descalzo probably should have been on notice. And now he's, we've had 
three months where he's just been like below John Lester, your your favorite player, right at the plate. Like John Lester is a better hitter than Daniel Descalzo, and it's like you know if, th- if you're not changing this team, the bottom of this roster now with the great players you have on the top of the roster, you're doing a disservice to all those great players by leaving these other guys on the team with them. Yeah, and I, and I think that it's it's different too, right? Where if this is the the 2016 season where you've got a 15 game lead in July or whatever it was, you can say Look, we think that Descalso was affected by that foot injury. We believe that he's going to get healthier and that we're going to see some better results. They love him in the clubhouse. He can take walks. He he started the season being fairly productive for kind of a, a last guy on the bench. And and we want to see that through. If, if you're up by 15 games, man, you can do stuff like that. But you've got multiple teams breathing down your neck here and coming off a year where you you won 95 games and that wasn't good enough to win the division i just don't think you have the luxury to sit on some of this stuff and uh, And, and by the way too we're talking about like one guy like you could have a muninori kawasaki on the team in 2016 but we've got like five or six guys that yeah that you're like well we want to see if that like you can't you have multiple guys who are like, well, you know, maybe this or that happened, but we'll give them more time. It's like, time's running out. You can't do this with this many people. Yes, absolutely. So I, I think, like, obviously far be it from me to say that I know better than this front office. Obviously, they're working with more detailed information and, and, and stuff like that. But this this definitely feels like one of those things. There, there's always times where fans have an opinion on something in their armchair coaching or, or armchair GMing or whatever, and you, you, you kind of know in a general sense. Like, the, there, there's probably more to it right and and stuff that we don't know and and stuff that their logic is just different than ours right and i i think this off season was a good example of that where there's a lot of people going why aren't they just signing bryce harper why aren't they signing bryce harper and you know throughout the off season we learned that there's some financial stuff going on there there's different things at play that we just don't really know about so calling foul on it it doesn't necessarily make sense because there's just stuff that we're not working with and and we can't know and we may never know but the stuff that's going on lately it it really doesn't feel like that it it feels like the fans are just right and and i'm not really sure what the delay is like i said i i the only thing i can really think is that you're you're trying to make decisions and it's not always easy to get other teams to make trades with you quickly and and to be on the same page with you in that regard and you just have to be patient until you can make the moves that you want to make and and those things materialize but other than that like you just said i I think that you can afford that type of thinking with one guy maybe two guys but to be doing it with several guys and just have some of these guys performing at the level that they're performing at i you're you're just asking for trouble in, in the division you, you the, the and the trouble is there you, you've already found it so i i have to hope that they they make some changes because i think this group is good enough to accomplish what they want to accomplish but not with the performances that they're getting out of unfortunately a, a sizable chunk of this roster right now yep so i guess that's a good spot to end it we've kind of had a little therapy session after that <laughs> Very frustrating game tonight. So, and you know, but yeah, I mean, I think we are. I think we all have a right to be pretty upset if 
we wake up on August 1st and this team looks largely largely the same. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't imagine that's going to happen. I don't know how, like, like I, imagine Theo's press conference the next day if they don't do anything. That would be quite the, quite the inquisition by the media. But they've got it. But when we wake up on August 1st, I really hope that the bottom of this roster looks much different. But I guess we'll find out. I would be shocked if if they did not. And again, like I said, just because he says it in a press conference doesn't mean that it, it has to be how they're operating. But the, the production over talent stuff, the urgency stuff, like that did not come from you, Sean. It didn't come from me. It came straight from the front office and the manager. So I didn't ask them to say that stuff, but not doing anything with this group would certainly be counter to any of those mantras. It already has been, but you, you've got the time to make the changes and I have always been someone who defers to Theo Epstein and and believes that he's going to do what's necessary to put this team in the best spot that he is able to and and I will continue to believe that unless it doesn't happen by August 1st like you said but I I, I genuinely believe that it will and I and I think that this team will be better for it and be uh, equipped for a nice little stretch run here even if it's uh, another tight one in the division. Yep. And then I'll just close with this. The Giants may have won the walk-off game tonight, but, you know, there was a playoff game in 2016, game four of the NLDS, and the Giants had a ninth-inning lead, and things did not go well in that game, and the Cubs went on to win the World Series. And uh, the Giants have never been the same since, so I think it's fair to say the Cubs broke the Giants. I think it's fair to let them have this one. Yes, they can... They can have their regular season victory because uh, the Cubs won the World Series. So, and people forget that. People do. All right. Uh, thank you for coming on, Corey. As always. Absolutely. Anytime, man. Yep. And if anyone doesn't listen to the Cubs-related podcast, you should probably listen to the Cubs-related podcast. It's pretty good. We we certainly do our best, and uh, always a pleasure talking Cubs baseball with you here on Holy Cow. Even if we just sat through. What was that, like four and a half hours of, of a loss? It's it's still good talking with you, Sean. Yep, same with you, Corey. You can follow me at STH85 on Twitter. Uh, if you've got a question for the podcast, uh, you can send it to holycowpod at gmail.com. Holycowpod at gmail.com. Uh, as always, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just look for Holy Cow It Comes Podcast. Uh, please rate and review it too. I just I like getting your feedback, or you can send me messages on Twitter. But I'm always interested to hear what people think of the podcast and if they have any questions or anything. Uh, until our next episode, uh, thank you as always for listening.